Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. Welcome back to another lovely episode of the Real Triathlon Podcast. The boys are back from Mexico, and we are ready to rip a good podcast today. How you boys yeah. feeling? Well, we are, I don't know, uh, coming through a recovery week after a tough race and, you know, just getting back into the motivation. Um, I'm quarantined up at the cottage, so that's kind of... It's, yeah, it was pretty fun for the first few days. Last few days have been all right, but I feel like this last week's going to be a bit of a grind for sure. In the uh, We got about a maybe a 400-square-foot little tiny little place up here to kind of sort of exist in, I guess, in a way. <laughs> I bet Taylor just wears headphones all day so he can, like, totally block you out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been about the same here. I've personally, uh, after a couple weeks of adventure, but overall not very good racing on my part uh, due to being frozen and then also being due to melting. Uh, it's kind of was a bit of a shitter. So I'm ready to, I'm just glad some more races popped up. Yeah, I, I know, Nick, you went through quite a bit and two weekends back to back. You obviously raced that Bear Lake race. How'd that go? It was going, it was going awesome. I was, uh, I was seated, you know, like second to last in the time trial start. So I was able to pick off some fellers and I came out of the water fourth. And then it was just like, uh, me, Justin Metzler, Chris Leiferman, Matt Hansen, and then Sam Long rolled on through and, uh, that was it. And then we were, had like a tailwind for, for like probably 20 miles. We hit like 31 miles an hour for the first 20 miles i swear we were just ripping ourselves a new one and then the temps dropped to like 42 and then it started raining for like an hour and a half and or maybe not an hour and a half probably like an hour and some change and so literally i was changing gears by making like a flat palm and slapping my etap buttons because i could not i have no dexterity i couldn't even grab a bottle like i mean it was one of the most miserable experiences second to louisville three years ago and then I got a flat tire. So I was like standing on the side of the road, shivering beyond all end. And like just thinking how I could make two weird objects out of my fist that would open my toolbox. Cause there was, you had to like push buttons to open it. <laughs> and I couldn't unstrap my helmet. I couldn't get out. And then I was like, well, once I do get my flat kit out, there's no way I can rip a friggin' tire off the friggin' rim and, do anything dexterous that, or whatever I'm going to have to use in my hands. Uh, so anyways, I just was like calling it. And then, uh, sky sky even told me, cause I got a ride from a car and I put my bike on the back of her car. She said she was so cold. She did like a triple take as she went by the car. Like, is that, that's, that's gotta be Nick's bike on the back of the car. But <laughs> it was, it's just sucked. Cause I was just coming in mile 52 on a small out and back. And I took those little goat head things to the tire. And man, there was three of them in there. There was no way to save it. And then uh, I was just coming up on Ben Canute. He was having obviously just as cold of a day. Um, and then Justin was coming right up on me. And we were probably three minutes back on Matt and Chris. So would have had a good run, probably finished top six. Um, 
anyways, that was my day gone up in flames or down in icicles. And then you went to uh, the other extreme and went and raced in Cozumel. I think racing down south is funny. There's always like, everybody thinks there's always, oh, there's this race down south. It's a great idea. We should go race. And it's always in this time of year when there's no other races around. And people are just excited there's a race. Then they go down and they race. And then everybody always has a miserable day. And then they're always like, why did we come here? I feel like those are like the stages of racing down south. Well, and you think you're going to get there early and be like, oh, we're going to get used to the excessive humidity. We'll be in a good place and we'll just enjoy hanging out. Cause that's really why we went down early. Cause we hadn't seen each other in like six months and it was just nice to have a cheap place that was safe and comfortable near the race site. And then after about three days of feeling pretty good, we're like, man, I'm getting kind of tired and lazy feeling down here. Yeah. Um, went a little think, early. Man? Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I, I don't regret going early, but it definitely didn't help our race. Like I, I'm on the same boat. I think on Thursday and Friday, we went down on the Monday, Thursday and Friday, I was like feeling ready to fire and crank out a good race. And then kind of just get to the race and you feel like flat. And that was just the day. I mean, just felt flat and uh, hot, but it was, yeah, it was freaking hot for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, you do all you can. Like, I in the week before I left, I did, like, seven heat sessions or eight, actually. So I did – some days I was doing two sessions a day for a hot bike and, and then a hot bath later. So I felt pretty ready for the heat, but um, just, you know, you, you come off – it's like Eric said. It's like, oh, this is the only race, and let's just find a way to make it work. And, like, nobody's peaking for the race. Like, you can't really go to Mexico in, like, semi – focused shape for it and do really well like it's just too hot and too brutal and in this case too competitive (laughs) well it was competitive to be sure but then there's like always the mexican equation that involves a lot of drafting and that just freaking ruins all the tactics because you're like man i'm gonna have a great old bike and get away from these guys or whatever and then you just roll up on a group of six dudes and they're just like eating a sandwich and scratching each other's backs and sharing bottles <laughs> you're like what in the hell are you guys doing up here and then like the official just waves at you like <laughs> oh hey <laughs> yeah there was a mile or at 55k there was a time split and there was seven people within seven seconds so all <laughs> one second apart uh which is not 12 meters <laughs> that's about three or four meters yeah it's not far so anyway that was that and the people who were in that group managed to run well and the people who weren't didn't manage to run well it's basically the exact equation so speaking of i guess social distancing with the whole um 12 meters thing how was (laughs) how was if obviously people weren't following the social distancing on the bike how was it with the like iron man's back to race protocol and what did you guys experience there it was great um, you couldn't go anywhere without having a temperature laser shoved in your eye hole, um, just to see what you see, what you're reading there. But even they, they just double and triple check you. Like there's one checkpoint temperature sanitized. You walk 30 feet and there's another guy like, Oh, come over here. Temperature sanitized. And you go to like pick up your packet and they're like, um, yeah, go ahead and temperature sanitize again. And then that's yeah. just the way she goes. And then they made us wear masks. You literally wore a mask 
the entire time, except when you're in the water. Like as you're getting in the water, you toss your mask into the uh, garbage. There's a garbage bin there, and that was it. So um, it was pretty safe, honestly. Uh, I didn't feel like the the race itself was any kind of a risk, really. When you go to a race like that, and in times like this, I think really the only um, kind of risk portion would be the the flights and stuff, which we, you know, wore masks and I wore a mask and a shield in the airport. And I feel like, you know, pretty much impossible. I, I don't want to say impossible, but it's got to be really, really unlikely if you're wearing like an N95 mask and a shield that you're going to pick something up. Yeah, no doubt that the precautions were good. I think this back to racing protocol should be adoptable by the U.S. And we'll see because let's think next race that can happen for Ironman in the U.S. is going to be, I think, Ironman Arizona in a couple of, maybe, is it early November? I don't think anything's slated for October. So Arizona is November 22nd, isn't it? Well, the full is, but there's a half distance in um, Arizona as well. Isn't it Galveston? No, I think that got shit-canned. Did it? Or was that the 22nd? I don't know. Well... Uh, we should way. probably get our facts straight before we go. <laughs> well, if they're not if they're not pro races, it's hard for me to like. They're, they're not on our calendar, so it's like all in this different system. We oh, I know. Yeah. And so, what about the aid stations? People who want to go race, what are they going to expect from these aid stations? Like, what you guys experience? Ooh, like right before they only have like six water bottles. Like they were sealed, contained water bottles with lids. Every single one of them, even the cokes, were unopened. So everything was just sat out like they would, if someone took one, they would put another cold one. So it was just like immediate. And then they would, as you were running up to take it, they would just douse it with spray sanitizer, like a big old mist of it. So, I mean, is it killing COVID? Yeah. I mean, but am, am I ingesting tons of chemicals? Probably. Um, there's de- yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot of chemicals going around. To there were some sometimes where they literally spray it like as i'm grabbing it i'm like there's no way that i should be drinking this <laughs> like, yeah oh yeah they had a lid but every time the lid off so it was i didn't taste anything though so i think it was all right but yeah no it was pretty safe i think they, they weren't really touching the stuff without sanitizing it after and they all had masks there weren't there weren't like a crazy number of volunteers grouped up or anything there was a few for eight per aid station so i think they did the, the best they could honestly well it was a, a low turnout or unless they probably capped it to be low i think there was you know had to have been 500 ish people couldn't have been close to a thousand like normal like even in transition it just felt like pretty empty but you had tons of space in transition porta potties were you know out of the way there was no gathering of, of any athletes um spectators we're not allowed at the swim start. So it was only athletes. Yeah, it really was spaced out. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were worried about having to physically grab the bottles from the aid stations, but it sounds like they're spread out. That's fine. And I was watching the London marathon and I mean, every marathon, the pro aid stations, the special needs, they, they all grab their own stuff. So if those guys can do it at 250 per kilometer, we can do it at like, well, in Mexico, like five minutes per kilometer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was straight up walking, walking on some of those. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this, this Pepsi is very fizzy. I cannot drink it while running. Yeah, that was, that was a tough, 
tough run. I mean, I think the heat was a huge factor for sure. Like the fact that Butterfield managed to run a 114, like that's just crazy for that heat. It's literally, it was 30 degrees Celsius with, what was it, 75% humidity, 70%? A lot. More than that. So Ambient, was, like feels like temperature was over 100. It was like 103 or something. Yeah, it was just – and a couple times you get into, like, a wind tunnel where the wind is exactly at the same speed as you are behind you, so you're just – there's no airflow at all, and that was just so hot. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Yep. I, I straight up ran with an ice football, and it didn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It's got this huge clump of ice, like, as big as his head, like – carrying it <laughs> i just like sh stuck it to my chest and as i was running it would just slide up and down from my like mid chest to low abdominal every time it just kept contact and it's <laughs> but it made everything else feel way hotter so <laughs> it was nice for a minute you think of dropping that in your pants keep it around the crotch area i tried it was too big i couldn't even get it like <laughs> not down. Room in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's already spaces limited already <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah all right so what are we doing today guys um we have a fantastic guest coming on her name's flaca guerrero she is a bit of a celebrity down in ecuador it used to be an actress or south america yeah south america in general she has what is it 1.3 million instagram followers 1.4 million on twitter on oh yes that's right and uh She's a pretty darn good triathlete herself. She won her age group in 70.3 Cozumel. She's won her age group a lot of times. and Goes to uh, Worlds every year. Yep. So I think her goal is Kona. Uh, wait, has she? No, she hasn't been to Kona yet, has she? No, she doesn't. I don't think she's done a full yet. That's where I was going to try to even help her if she needed some help. There you go. So we're going to hear from her, and she's involved in triathlon business. Um, really cool story she's got. And she just learned English what'd she say four years ago but she's doing really well so she's going to be self-conscious a little bit about her english but it's a lot better than what she thinks i think yeah she yeah, probably mention it yeah i think a lot of people are going to be familiar with her just from her quest to kona video that iron man did to highlight her so nice. if you haven't seen that check that out after the podcast it was a good video uh it's about her kind of trying to get to kona heading over to china to do a 70.3 and get in and talks about her story, but you're going to hear most of her story here. So, yeah, with way more laughter and fun. Yeah, yeah screw you, Iron Man. No, <laughs> don't say that. You'll get sued. That's your biggest employer. Yeah, <laughs> we love we love you, Iron Man. That's the reality. <laughs> Wink. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Nice. All right. Well, after that intro, we are incredibly pumped to have one of our new friends that we met at, uh, in 70.3 Cozumel, Fraca Guerrero. Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> I really had to hit that rolling tongue. Um, anyways, we're, we're so happy to have you, Fraca. Thanks for making some time for, for me and Jack. Um, unfortunately, Garrick had to, to go to school or something. Okay. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I hope you tell the intro that I don't speak good English, that I learned English like three years or four years ago. So I'm still having trouble when I speak. So I don't know when it's past, present, future. I just mix everything. That's okay. Our listeners okay. are not very like... Judgmental. Don't judge me. And if anything, we'll just... Guests, it'll be good. We've had other 
podcasts from uh, Europe and other countries that are first language English. So don't worry, you're not the first. Beautiful. Perfect. So, Flacca, we, um, a quick, you know, for our listeners, why we wanted to bring you on. Um, so, Jackson and I, we just raised 70.3 Cozumel, and we have had a previous guest, Kelsey Withrow. She's been on our show twice now. And oh, wow. Yeah, so Kelsey was on twice, and we, we knew Kelsey was racing, and we ended up linking up with her, and then we met Flacca at the same time. So, we had a brand new friend, and... Um, usually when you're in Cozumel, you want to just like explore the island and see the sea paradise. So it was better to do that with a couple others rather than just three lazy dudes who were just like <laughs> there for a whole week. So it added a lot more fun to our trip. So thanks for hanging out with us. No, for the same for us, you know, you guys make our trip more fun and we are so thankful for that. Well, and we had a birthday, so that was cool. Oh, and Kelsey turned like 40. No, I'm joking. 30. <laughs> She's going to kill won't me. Tell her. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that part out, Kelsey. <laughs> Not really. Um, so, Jackson, go ahead and jump into some questions. I know that you really kind of um, really had good ideas on what you wanted to kind of bring in for Flacca. So go and jump in, bud. Yeah, well, we obviously want to know, how did you find triathlon? We... You know, everybody finds a sport a different way. And, and was this something that you knew and loved kind of before um, you you finished your career with um, being super famous and everything you were doing? You no, know, actually, it was not like that. I was, I, was, I was a runner. I was a high jumper, too. I was the national high jumper in my country when I was young. Uh, but I quit that and I started working in TV for 16 years. And, but I, I keep running, just running. I, I don't have any idea how to swim. I don't even have a bike. And maybe like, it was like eight years ago. So seven years ago when I was working still on TV, I was hit by a car and I almost died, <laughs> but I'm alive right now. But after that, when I break my jaw, my ribs, my head, my elbows, was pretty a mess. I was in the hospital for two weeks, later six months recovery. Uh, I'm still recovering for my mouth, for my teeth. Uh, how many years awful. ago was this? Oh, it was like seven, but the teeth, I need to deal with this my whole life and with the dentist. Wow. It was like seven years ago. So, because I lose all my teeth and the bone and it was, was not nice. And um, after that, when I figured out that I was, that I was alive, I just decide to leave. So I go back to work. I was not a triathlete. Uh, I go back to work on TV. I was the anchor for the morning show in Ecuador where I was living. And and so one day I, I was like, I don't want to do this. I feel that I was done. I was not happy in TV anymore. So I decided to to register for a half, half Ironman just to, to feel alive. And I finished. I crossed the line and I tell my boyfriend and this time now he's my husband I tell him like you know what I think I want to quit my job and I want to do triathlon and he's like but you don't have you don't know how to swim you just die swimming <laughs> and I'm like I know but if I can do this I think anybody can do anything so I prefer to use my image my followers my fame to be an influencer for something positive because I, I was feeling that the tv and all this fame and all this crap was not giving anything to, to the society. 
So I quit my job the next day and everybody was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're so famous. You're making so much money. But I was not happy, you know. So I quit my job and I start training. And of course, I need to make money. So I make this sports line that I have in Ecuador. And now I have 33 health Ironmans already in seven years. 33. I'm going 33. I was, I'm doing like five or six a year. I'm going to my sixth world championship. And I'm a, I'm really bad swimmer, but I can run. So I'm pretty good in my age group. I don't want to be a pro or nothing like that because... I'm too old, but I feel that I'm, I, 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 I really feel that I'm doing something good for the people in my country because they are like, if Flaka can do a triathlon, I can start running 5K. I can start walking. I can start. So I really like it. Uh, I don't know if I can, if you understand why, what I mean with my horrible English. No, of course. Yeah. You inspire but people to, to be that's better. That's what I like. So yeah, I quit yeah. my job and I still have the fame and I'm so thankful for that. But for me, the fame is nothing. I just using my fame for being a good example for the people that don't believe in dreams. Like I remember my first triathlons, I was like so bad. And now it's not that I'm the best one, but I... I win my age group a couple of times, and I think that's pretty good. Don't you so, win it most uh, all times? I, yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm always in the podium. That's that's good. Top okay. three. I I win. Uh, this is my third win. I always get second for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> I remember that in China. I think we were there with Kelsey. Fuck, I, I think so, I remember. Sorry, I said about work. Yeah, I was so mad because I get second and I don't get my spot for Kona. Yeah, I remember. I was sadly I was there for that one. But hold on a second. You just glazed through a pretty big thing that most of us don't really get to experience. You were you were in the news, you were a very famous Ecuadorian newscaster. Um you were how how many years did you do that? Oh, 16 years. I start okay. really early. I was like 18 years. Well, no, I think not 19. I was I was so young. I, my whole career, my whole life was the TV station. Yeah. But so, I, you, so you just I eventually you got tired of it. What, what were you most unhappy with, with that kind of lifestyle? And feeling like even because, though you were doing good work, it wasn't as validated. I was feeling that the TV in, in, in Ecuador and, and the TV show that I was doing was, do you know when the, 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 the TV station, the only they care about the ratings yes. so if you need to do a crap tv just do it they don't give a shit they just want the rating so yeah. i was feeling that i was part of that and i was not feeling uh, honest i was okay. not feeling good so after my accident i just decided to i, I decided to be a better person you know and, wow. and, and i'm like i don't want to be part of this i don't care how much money they are paying me i was not feeling that I was doing something good for anybody. I was presenting a lot of gossip and shit and reality shows. And I'm like, this is not me. This is not what I want. Yeah, that, you rose above all that. And a huge applause to you for that. And I think, I'll, and I think like, this is why another reason why Jackson and I were like, man, we've got to get Flaka on because you had this seemingly amazing lifestyle that people would, you know, probably really wish for and then you saw through all the bs that it's not as real as it looks and you know the hard work of triathlon the 
this, the culture of triathlon and just being part of this journey is more valuable to you than just the money, right? Totally, totally. And, and let me tell you, it was not easy in the beginning and I have a lot of fears, but if you don't do the things with fear, you're never going to know what is the end. So you need to do it anyway, even if you're scared. Because I was like, what is going to happen if I quit everything? I might don't be successful. I might don't win shit. I might don't, but I never going to know if I don't try. So I just decide and try. And of course I have a horrible times, but this is part of the, you know, the growing up and learning. So I'm so happy that I take the risk worth it totally because now when I go back to Ecuador, uh, my country finally is doing the Ironman 70.3 in Manta and it's so good to go and race with 2,000 people that are going to see me. Yeah, you're, are you still a celebrity like with paparazzi at the airport when you oh, arrive? Well, it's a lot of famous people in my country right now. I'm not there, but yeah, now I'm going and for sure I, I might be in all the news. And Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not that's, like before, but I'm still there. That's incredible. Yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's good for me to go there and be an example. And, and I don't care if the people go race. I'm like, I want to win flag. I want to be there. It's okay. That's awesome. You are doing it. So I like it. Awesome. Yeah, there's another thing you kind of went over a little bit quickly there um, that I'd like to ask a little bit more about. So when you had this accident, most people think, you know, an accident is a car accident or a bike accident, but you actually got hit by a car while you were running. <laughs> um, so tell us about like what you said that your teeth were all broken and all your, all your jaw was broken, probably concussion. What were your injuries there? And why, you know, you said you almost died. Was that from like a severe no, head injury? I, 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 I was exaggerating. I was not almost die. <laughs> I, I mean that I, I was so lucky that I don't die. I really oh, was yeah. so Because uh, the car came me from behind. And yeah, I have a concussion. I, I don't know the name in English. La cabeza, my head and my jaw. And, and, I, and I lose my conscience. Yeah. And, and my ribs, but nothing happened in my legs. Nothing happened in my in my hips, and and the car jumping me like I I jumped <laughs> I was like and go direct to the floor, so for some reason I'm alive, and when I wake up I was like, now I need to I need to have a purpose in my life like I'm alive, <laughs> I don't die, and yeah it was pretty big thing in Ecuador even the president of Ecuador and and that moment go to the hospital and bring me flowers it was like oh. pretty big shit in Ecuador. did they find wow. out who was driving no, the vehicle no the guy don't stop he left me in the floor unconscious wow. and and yeah that was awful <laughs> they still thing happened in my country a lot because they are afraid to go to jail or i don't know we don't know if he, this guy was strong we i don't know if this guy was taking his kid to school no, no idea. I was six in the morning. I was I, I wake up really early to run before my my morning show. That was like five thirty in the morning. I finished like six thirty, and I don't remember nothing. I don't remember my accident. Yeah. I feel bad for my friend that was with me because she had the trauma, 
because she 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 finally crossed the street but not me and she needs to turn me around she think that i was dead bleeding from my mouth i was unconscious put it, put me in a taxi and go to the hospital she never run again <laughs> oh that's wow. just traumatic for sure if she can't run again wow yeah but for me but- it was totally the opposite i was feeling like now I need to do something more. I'm alive. I don't remember. I tried so many times to remember what happened, but my last my last image is that I was mourning. I no idea. Wow. Mm. And that could have been it. You know, that's un, that's uh, that's the scary thing. I think that probably resonates is you could have just never ever woken up, and that's all it would take is just that one moment to be gone. And that's just it's so it's so scary. It is. <laughs> Um, and I, I still have, well now, these past seven years, I'm still a little afraid with things. Like, I don't know, like so when many- I ride my bike <laughs> or whatever, when I have, I see too many cars, I get so nervous that somebody's going to hit me. <laughs> but yeah. well. Um, so the accident was clearly a turning point in your life. And I think, <laughs> I think not all of us can have that moment of like, well, what would it take for me to change my life and think about that? And I think it takes something that existential to really cause that type of transition into a new lifestyle. So you realized the fame was not where you, where you felt most honest, and then you got into triathlon. So I want to hear about the funny stories of getting into triathlon, where the mistakes were, or what, what stupid things you did. Do you have any things like that? that were just oh yeah a lot learning like mira for now i i don't i don't make the same money that i was making before but i'm way more happy now <laughs> with, with my new life right now of and course. that's all that matter and in the beginning yeah i i, I remember my first half ironmans i i don't i was, i'm still don't know how to change a tire i i know but take me 35 minutes well you're in california you just call uber now (laughs) yes so i I remember in puerto rico i go race ironman san juan 70.3 i only Mm -hmm. race 70.3 i don't do full and uh, i have a flat so i think i was thinking that i changed the tire right but i didn't so i still riding and 100 meter again boom so i just decide to walk with my bike and try to find a a taxi, I don't find any taxis, so I go with my bike and sit with this, uh, in a, it was like a bar or something, and I was crying, <laughs> and these ladies give me beers, and I get drunk with these people, <laughs> things like that, but uh, yeah, but now I, and I'm still afraid to swim, uh, that's the other thing, I'm not a swimmer. And well, we saw a little bit of that when we were in Cozumel, when uh, we tried to get you in the old open ocean, and you're like, ah, I think I'm good, no, no, I'm good, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad because you guys are professional and swimming like fish. I was like, I'm feeling so like, no, I don't want to swim in front of these guys. They're going to make fun of me. <laughs> Never. No, of course not. So, no, I'm, 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 I'm really glad. I, I was lucky in Cozumel that I swim not that bad, but my swim was like 33, but usually it's like 36. Okay, <laughs> the current was pushing so i was looking at the paces i think i was like going out against the current like one what was it 123 to 130 per 100 yards because the current was so tough and then we took that corner and it was like 45 seconds to 50 seconds per 100 yards on the way back it was so fast yeah it was fast 
was fast. Well, I tried to, I don't know, guys, if you know the, the TV show that Iron Man made, uh, Quest for Kona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was one of the 10 in the first season. Yeah. Uh, you guys watch the show? Yeah, I, I saw the highlights. Well, I was, I was in the first season, that was like three years ago. And um, yeah, so the, the, when you are in China, Nick, that was not my first time in China. That was my second time. <laughs> yes, and, yeah, I remember you were on the show the first time. Yeah, and, the, and both I get second. <laughs> I don't want to go again to China. I don't want a second one. But yeah, the second one, I don't know if I drink the water when I was swimming, but I would have a horrible diarrhea when I was running. Which race <laughs> was it? In China. Which one? Uh, no, the first one uh, in Kujin. Kujin. Oh. The, the, yeah. The water Probably just the kinds food. The food yeah. there and different stuff. Like, I've heard that the food there is a little different than uh, the stuff we would eat in North America. Oh my God, it was awful the food. And I, yeah, I, I lost my first place there. I was winning and in the run, I stopped in every bathroom. And these oh. Chinese people don't speak any English, any Spanish. And I literally get naked asking for toilet paper because they don't have nothing. <laughs> so at the end, somebody came and sent me a bottle of water. I'm like, okay, I don't want to. I'm enough. sorry. I'm so explicit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has a story similar to that, I think, with uh, just running and training or in a race or both. Well, especially to, to go to China. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And- the other uh, things that I wanted to ask you about is you—you you have is it your own clothing brand in in uh, Ecuador and and what is that and yeah, how it's did in you Ecuador. Get the name is TS, TSX Sports. is a is a line for the line is for guys and for girls, but the line that I represent and I make money is the just the women's. It's for going to the gym and yoga. You can run with the shorts, but it's more for exercise lifestyle you know yeah yeah so it's for all those girls who just want to wear yoga pants and go walk around yes. town all day and feel like exactly. they're like i might do yoga once in this week so i'm gonna wear yoga pants <laughs> exactly <laughs> totally cool. so yeah how did you get uh, started yeah, with it's, that it's been pretty good i'm going to Edmore actually on monday finally so I have the new collection coming, so I need to do a photo shoot there. That's part of the the work. So I'm going to Ecuador for a week just to work a lot. I don't think I'm going to be training, maybe running in the morning. And that's it. I'm afraid to ride a bike in Guayaquil. I, mean, I live in Guayaquil, the big city. Yeah. Uh, it's not like the United States, you know, like here everybody respects the cyclists. Here in California, where I live now, Man, I love it. It's like the culture for cycling is really good. Everybody respects you, everybody stop. But in Ecuador, we are like parasites for cars. They hate us. And and I don't like that. Well, we we've we've raced in a couple of South American countries and I remember when we were in Buenos Aires, it was very I was scared. we were scared. So we we had, were lucky to be in this community that was completely gated and basically it was where the triathlon was. So we had finally some safe roads that not a lot of cars could come on. But if we had to ride on the open roads, there was no chance. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's why I kill. So I might just go run and but working. And I'm excited because, well, this year, 
I don't race much. This is my only, my one and only race was Cozumel and a half marathon in the beginning of the year. That was it. Well, do you want to do things like maybe the half mar- or half Ironman in Florida or in Tempe, Arizona? You have anything like that on your? You calendar? know what? I was looking this morning for the one in Haines, Haines City. Haines yeah. City. Yeah, I was looking for that. Maybe. We're planning to go there. Yeah, we'll be there. It'll be fun. Oh, really? You guys, yeah. is a pro race there? It is, yeah. so far. Oh, nice. I was looking for that this morning, and I was asking my friends that live in Orlando to give me some advice. Because for me, it's good It's good for me to race because of my my sponsors. It's funny because I have a, I have more of a sponsor than a professional triathlete, but I, I totally clear that for me, it's because of the TV. It's not because yeah. I'm, 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 I, I'm, it's for that. But I this the way that I make money right now and I was not well, yeah. so much this year. So I yeah, I think we need to we need to mention that. Like we we for sure like respect that hard work you put in to get here. And now you're definitely like you've earned it and it's it's helping you compete and it's helping you earn money within the sport. And this is another aspect of triathlon that very, very few get to experience with and let's let's just be honest. I mean 1.3 million followers on Instagram and I think 1.4 on Twitter. That's quite the number. So what is it like? And I know Jackson has questions to follow up, but what is it just like on the, on the day to day with that many followers and sponsor commitments? Does it feel like a lot of work? It is a work. It's a lot of responsibility for sure, because you represent a brand. So be, and, and, and I tell you guys, it, it's, it's like a double work. If you race, you train, and the other thing is your social media. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm, the social media is what is giving me the money every month. So right now I need to, that's the reason I take care so much. Sometimes I don't want to be annoyed with my, with my, with, with all the things that I post. I try to, to, to don't post that much, but, but I try to be me always. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a job, and right now I am racing for a big brand of pasta in Ecuador. Then the name is Toscana, so this is my principal sponsor that I have. Toscana pastas and well, felt they give me all my bikes, and the other is a insurance company. The name is Seguros Equivida from my country. That Seguros Equivida and the pasta, the insurance company, and the pasta is the the one that gives me the money for the year. It's pretty good. So I need to raise for them because they already yeah. pay in January. They give me the check for the year. So now they are like, eh, where's the races? And I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I know. Like, You're not getting the money back. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking for other races so I can race and post. You know, the brands at the, at the end of the day, they just want the publicity. They don't care if you get second, third, or <laughs> they just want that you can promote his brand. Of course, Especially if you win, it's you. amazing. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, for, I mean, for, for a, me, yeah, personality like you. Yeah. Because you guys need that to yeah, make money. For me, it's different. I'm an age grouper. So. Well, you might be like competing in the age group um, region of the sport, but honestly, like the way you handle yourself and promote for companies is like, it's the same things we have to do. The only difference is just like, even, even pros like me, for example, like I've never won a full on um, Ironman event, but I'm still doing the same things you are to try to, you know, promote and represent. So I totally understand. And don't, you know, don't slight yourself because of this <laughs> hard you. work. And, but you know you what? Know. I told you when I met you, when I was checking your Instagram, that you are doing a really good job because 
you are cute, you are a good athlete, and you are, you are Jackson and, and the other guy, I don't remember his name, what was his name, uh, your friend, yes, Taylor. you guys have everything, you know, you could take advantage for that to promote more yourself and make money with the brands, the brands like that, I, I just you don't need to be boobs. the best, but you are <laughs> charming, and you post things good, and you are not, yeah, I I think you're doing a good job. Well, thank you. I mean, obviously, you know what you're talking about. So we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job. But I like it and I'm enjoying it because it's something that I that I really, um, I, se dice? Fuck, my English is so you're bad. Passionate. Passionate, yes. My English is so bad. <laughs> no, just like, you can one. say it in Say it in Spanish and then I'll translate it to English because I can do that. Oh yeah, sure, Nick. No, I'm telling you. Two glasses of wine and I can speak Chinese. <laughs> no, you can under you can understand it, but you're not speaking it. Trust me. <laughs> I don't want to drink more because I, I'm a I'm a wine lover and I I drink wine every day. But I promised myself this week I don't want to drink one day. Wait a minute! I saw you. Pouring a glass of wine last yesterday, night. Yesterday, yes. I mean today. <laughs> I say Monday. Yeah, this is starting a new week. Come exactly, on. it's Monday. Oh. I said yesterday, it's true. But I want to start on Monday. Every day of the week well, is a weekday to me. Yeah. Weekend to me. Because yeah. I know an Ecuador I'm going to drink every day. So I decide this week. Oh, um, so you're saving up your drinks so that next week you can drink more. Right. <laughs> right. So exactly. we're going to see you hopefully in Haines City if we make it and if the race happens. I'm excited you guys are going. We should rent an Airbnb. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to. So we'll figure that. We'll figure something out for sure. But uh, hopefully the race doesn't get canceled and no. uh, we're all good. Don't say that. I hope no. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, hey you guys know how's the water there? Um, you know that I'm a bad swimmer. It's bad. It's te technique. technique. Oh, I can tell swimming. you all about it. So I, I lived in Florida for 13 years and I trained in that area for many, many years where the race happens. And I can tell you that that race site for the swim is, it's a crummy, grimy old lake. It's not pretty. You're going to oh. be very, <laughs> it is just, uh, and usually they have it in the shape of like an M. So you swim, you swim in the shape of a big uppercase M sometimes if the water level is good enough. So uh, I've never, I've never raced there in December, of course, normally this race is in April or something. So it's going to be a different situation, but it's going to oh, be a good so course though. It's nasty. It's not the, you know, it's not pretty water by any means. It's <laughs> not, it's not going to be something you're like looking forward to. You're looking forward yeah. to getting, getting out of it. It's not like swimming in Austria. Anywhere? <laughs> in Austria. Salem say oh, in Austria. no, no, no. 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 <laughs> It's not like swimming there. Um, it, you can practically drink the water while you're swimming in Austria. Yeah. And what about that bike? It's, it's hard? It's flat? It's... It's, it's not Florida flat because it's not like a pancake, but I'd say it has probably a couple, maybe a thousand something feet of elevation gain. So it's rolling hills. It's very good for any Californian because you have many, many hills. Oh so my God. There's hills everywhere. And the running, the run has some pretty steep hills on it. So it's a oh. pretty honest course. So it's not an easy race. No, no, no. It's not going to be easy. But I think uh, most importantly, the weather's going to be perfect because in December in Florida, you can really have some really temperate climate rather than the, what we just experienced in Cozumel. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited to see you out there. Yeah. yeah so, so you've got to go to Ecuador and then what is your going to training going to look like for the next bit? What's your focus is, you know, what do you focus on trying to get better at? I know I need to get better at my swim, but here I only have uh, a swimming pool that I can swim two times a, a week and I need to separate the line every time I want to swim. Yeah. So I'm waiting that this pandemic stops so I can join like a masters or something. Yeah. And but you know what? I'm gonna get better in my age of swimming. Or you think I can get better? Well, well, with that attitude, you're not gonna get any better, Flaga. I know. Got... <laughs> <laughs> no, of course you can. But I think like even if you could like let's just put it this way: if you could even take ten minutes off your swim, you'd be in a just different ten minutes, different chapter. <laughs> 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a lot. Yeah, but going, dude, if you're going, if you're currently <laughs> swimming like a 40, uh, a 40 minute swim for your half and then like, 36, just, okay, let's. Yeah, yeah let's, I never swim in 40. I swim oh, in okay. 36, 38. Well, 38. Okay. okay. So if you can take at least five minutes off that, you're going to be in a different story, a different book. You're going to just have a different race ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. that was happening to me in China. If I just can swim better. But it won't take much. I think, honestly, it's probably a couple small things that you've just never heard the right way, maybe. And then you can have some better technique. Even if you I just know. get more fit doing the same thing, you should take two to three minutes uh, off. Hey, guys, I have news. I'm going to do my first full Ironman next year. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm invited to race in Kazakhstan. Oh, oh. that's going to be awesome. Is that for uh, Ironman or for Challenge? No, it's an Ironman. Ironman Kazakhstan, Astana, you know Astana? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's so I met the owner for the race in China, and they buy me for this year, but get canceled. So they already sent me the new everything for next year. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to do my first one there. So wow. I'm What's time of year? It's in, uh, shit, it's in, I guess it's in August or July. I don't remember. Oh, I need man. to check. You're going to have to come well, to Well, let me know if so I can talk to the owners. Professionals are racing there. It's really good. They yeah. look flat, flat. And, well, you, you guys like hills. But for me, for my first one, I'm happy with flat. Yeah, well, that makes it go by a little quicker for sure. But uh, I don't, I've never done a full. But, Nick, what would you say uh, the advice would be if you could sum it up in a few seconds for a first Ironman? Yeah, I, you can always get the fitness. Um, obviously, the swim is much longer, and you don't want to be in the water for 90 minutes. So you want to get that swim <laughs> down to an hour 15 at least. Um, and then it's nutrition. It's just yes. figuring out nutrition. Those are the biggest things you need to work on, making sure that swim is going to put you in a good position to not play catch-up all day long on the bike by yourself, and then making sure you have a just a fireproof nutrition plan. Yeah, well, we can talk about that maybe later so you can give you some advice for my first yeah. one. I'm excited. But the problem is, like, some people say, like, I just want to finish, but I'm so competitive. I oh, know if go I'm going to race, I don't, I don't want to finish. We I want you to finish. run 320. Oh, come on. I, know, I, I think I can run in 330. I think. Yeah, I think you can for sure. You've got really good run. Yeah. Well, not in Cozumel, but well, I don't think nobody. anybody. Oh, two people had a really good run there. Yeah, one I'm of them was born run. in the the sun. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, Holy Lawrence. 
Oh yeah, she had a good race too. I forgot. She had a racing race. It. She run. She run by herself. I think. I think it was the shoes. Her shoes also had small fireworks that every time she hit the ground, they exploded. <laughs> she was on fire. And, she, and yeah. the other guy, uh, Sam. Tyler. Sam. Oh yeah. Sam. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> he don't have any problem. He runs so fast. Yeah, they they had some fantastic racing out there, and it's always like. You know, it's always a risk in the heat, but some people can just get lucky on the day or just have everything it takes. So oh, that, that was not me and Cosmo. <laughs> you still won your age group. Oh, because the second one was pretty bad, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> Man, I run so bad. It was my worst half marathon ever. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody ran one of their best times that day, but it's true, it's true. But anyway. Yeah, so so yeah, Flacca, you've uh, you've had quite an inspiring career, and I think for the years to come, um, you're you're going to keep influencing people. And that's something else I thought was pretty incredible is that, you know, we we have said before on the podcast, and we've had women triathletes who are influencers. But I think like for what you're doing to show females that they can do everything they want to do and then some in the sport of triathlon is just incredible and that's really where we need to see our sport grow the most so keep at it thank you very much if you have passion and if you like what you do that's that's it nice yeah. Perfect. cool well, well thank you so, yeah thanks for being on we'll see you uh in and i apologize again for my bad english to everybody it was I terrible we're wrong. not going to even it's air so this <laughs> yeah. what, what so this Nothing. is so bad we're not even going to air it we're going to just delete oh, it oh, don't do that to me please <laughs> no. you did amazing. oh i'm not a crazy white boy <laughs> yeah. okay well thank you guys i hope thank you have you. a good night bye bye yeah, thank you yeah ciao ciao All right, that was our talk with Flaca Guerrero. She has pretty amazing stories coming back from having over a million followers, being a very famous person down in South America, and changing her life completely when she decided to quit all that and become a triathlete and an influencer. So I think it's really cool like what she's done and that she's found her passion, even though she's probably making a tiny fraction of what she used to in terms of uh, income. But uh, obviously, couldn't be too low. I imagine she has some pretty good contracts with 1.3 million followers. And uh, she definitely d does a great job with, with uh, you know, representing those brands. And I think most pros could probably take note from, from how she kind of presents herself. Yeah, I agree. It's not always about results anymore. And if you have a charisma, if people can look up to you, and if you can be a hero in some other respect within the sport or be relevant or just make people's lives better than that's what we ultimately need. I mean, it, the top performers of course should earn the most and do the best because that's, that's how it goes. But if we can all get by doing our little piece to keep our sport growing. So I think most importantly, like you said, very humble, like didn't feel like, I don't know when we first um, were going to be introduced to her, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe she'll be nice to us. <laughs> we're not cool enough. But uh, honestly, one of the nicest, people ever and it's totally representative in a very organic way of all her sponsors so that's what you what you're hitting on there with pros need to take note it doesn't have yeah. to be all 
cheesy, like drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> like there's that type of stuff. Ovaltine's delicious. Have you had that stuff? Oh man. Yes. I really love Ovaltine. Yeah. This, this podcast episode is not sponsored by Ovaltine. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we've got some more racing coming up, dude. And we're hopefully going to be able to hang out again in the next month when you come out here for a camp. Oh man, I can't wait to just get back in shape and drop these little extra rolls I gathered here up at the quarantine <laughs> and uh, get back to crushing it. Starting with a little team time trial this week with you, bud. That's going to be awesome on Zwift. Yeah, that's just another day, another walk in the park. But um, yeah, I, th- I don't think a lot of people will have experienced Canadian quarantine. So what has it been like? Oh man, it's... Uh they just you know you're for two weeks you can't leave your property so i'm up at my parents cottage there's space here actually there's enough property to even run back and forth like it's probably 30 seconds to run from one end to the other almost and we got 25 meters of water frontage so you can kind of swim back and forth and (laughs) keep your body moving and obviously ride on the trainer so um i'm pretty lucky that i have a resource like this that i can go to that's not just being stuck in a hotel room um but even still like you're cooped up and it it seems you know it just doesn't feel great to not be able to leave <laughs> i don't know what it is it's it, i understand it and it's what our government has decided is necessary to keep keep the spread of coronavirus as low as possible uh but i tell you what that first day i'm out is gonna feel like freaking amazing yeah i know it's like man i was in iraq for months on end in a bubble on base sometimes so i get it and then when you finally get back to plentiful bounties outside in the real world it's it's like and it's makes you appreciate everything so maybe it's good maybe they're just like you know what this is going to be punishment for traveling outside of canada (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) But Taylor and I haven't killed each other yet. There hasn't been too many uh, uh, physical fights yet, only one or two. So we're, it's just uh, we're doing pretty well. aggressive. <laughs> you left your toast out again. <laughs> no, I, this is going to be it. You, you need to sort it out. You need to sort it out. That's going to be it. That's the, that's the extent. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. But well, anyways. In any well, event, I think we've yep. pretty much done her. Let's wrap her up and uh, we'll look forward to another episode of this amazing broadcast next week. Peace out. I got ish to do, flying through the sky in my parachute, dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one man mission trying to see it through.